the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A very interesting show coming up today. We'll get an update from Todd Benzman uh, down at the border. But actually, he's written a piece I'm going to ask him about, which is about the the, uh, reality of the open border, the reality of the crime that is happening because of the open border, and then, including uh, Department of Justice charges against people for uh, sex trafficking and and violence, and and yet the unreality that the media is not covering it, that no one is looking at it because it reflects so poorly on uh, the Biden or on the left's p- policy of open borders. So we'll talk with him about that interesting perspective. Uh, you know, he's been down on the border, and uh, but he's got this uh, sense as a journalist. Uh, about what we're not seeing, the dog that's not barking, which is why are people actually complaining and saying, oh, you know, don't get too excited about the sex trafficking story. There's it's not that big a problem. Well, it, it seems like it is. And it seems so horrendous that it should be a, a highlight. It should be. I, I, I'm going to ask him. I think there should be actresses having uh, telethons saying, what are you doing to our sisters? Right. And and yet they're quiet. So uh, and also we'll talk today with a Hillsdale University professor, uh, Dr. Gary Wolfram. And uh, he's been at Hillsdale since the 80s, I think like 87 or 88 or 89. And I want to talk to him about um, he's a, a well-regarded teacher um, and has written a book on uh, capitalism, uh, but also uh, just very, very well liked. Uh, one of our, our guys, our associate producer, Mason Mohan, has talked about him. So we're going to talk with him. And I'm really interested in a guy who's got that much uh, experience teaching kids, young people, you know, since the 80s, almost 35 years, uh, how things have changed, what's going on, because it's um, Hillsdale College is a very unique place. He may be insulated from some of the insanity, but I doubt it. And uh, we'll see what he has to say about that. So all that's coming up. Uh, That's what you that's uh, on today's program. But first, what you need to know today's wink. I want you to go and get yourself a um, get yourself a uh, signed up for the daily email, the daily wink, which goes out uh, right through on uh, 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific time. And go ahead and sign up there over at ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and uh, see what you can see. Uh, and uh, you'll get each day, you'll get an email. Uh, it's not too long. It's not a long thing you have to read. It's not an essay. A couple of links, a couple of key stories, and what you need to know, the highlight, the highlight of what I see out there and what I think you need to know. So today's wink on the program here is I, I want to talk about an aspect of, of things that are happening, which is the deterioration of certain um, things that we do. So you heard me talk about the narrative machine and how uh, poorly uh, the narrative machine is sh- serving America, meaning the narrative machine, big tech, big media, and big government is uh, is pushing onto the American people things that aren't true. It, it really is brainwashing. I heard someone who's uh, savvier than I am on the sort of psychology of propaganda who said brainwashing is telling people something and then keeping from the people what other arguments and facts 
could put some light on the subject and then repeating it over and over again. So if you're in a silo and you hear only one thing, Trump is Hitler, Russia, 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 and you keep from people the uh, from a, uh, any other facts or arguments, because if you allow facts and arguments and you're going to have uh, challenges to that truth, you're going to have people saying, well, what about this? What about that? How do I think about it? And it's going to change how they are relating to it. And it's going to, in some cases, break them out of that narrative. But in other cases, it might reinforce it. It doesn't mean that it's automatic, but it would create uh, how to say more um, movement and more autonomy of thought. And you can't have that. So brainwashing is tell people something, tell them authoritatively with as much information as you can, and then deny them access to anything that counters that and then repeat it over and over again. The repeating, it's a big point, big part, part of it. The repeating, it's a big part of it. I, I had this experience with someone who said, well, Donald Trump's been indicted again and again and again. And I want to say, if someone does something wrong to you and tells you something that's incorrect, but they say it over and over again, do you start to say, well, after a while? Yeah, you do. You start to say, well, so-and-so must have done something wrong. Such and such may have, must have been happened. So you can see how broken the uh, narrative machine is making our information gathering in this country. People are getting more and more frustrated with what they're seeing and feeling. And I do think it's growing. I do think it's growing. Another example is uh, medicine. You know, the, the, the reality of medicine before COVID was that we deferred to the experts. The experts said something and we said, okay, that's what we're going to defer to. We might still question it. We might still doubt it. But the people that were regularly distrusting science and medicine were somewhat accurately marginalized as being a little too, you know, counter. I mean, you can't you can't get up in the morning and doubt gravity. You, you can't get up in the morning and doubt medicine. You can't get up in the morning and doubt the science, right? That's how the old thinking was. By the time COVID was over, especially down to today, uh, the it's totally flipped. And so what you need to know is people no longer are saying, oh, let me start from the standpoint at the, at, at the beginning. Starting point is, well, I'll defer to medicine or science. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Now, government's not the same because people dis, distrusted government, right? They didn't, they didn't count them at all. But it, maybe it's more stark now because people are seeing, for example, that the system of governing in America is replete with instances like what's happened with the Bidens, where there's family members making a huge living and money being transferred. And what we don't know is whether there's quid pro quo, because I think it's done too carefully. I did an interview uh, last night with a, uh, a, 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 a um, an outfit out of uh, Australia, and uh, it's one of the national shows there. And I was talking to the reporter about that, and I was saying to him, you know, when, when you see Hunter Biden it, it's crass and bold and almost so brazen, but it's also kind of clarifying. Hunter Biden became a painter in the last few years and sold his paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And guess what? Big people, big, big money people that like Joe Biden bought the paintings. Now, you could say, well, isn't that interesting? I mean, was Hunter Biden a painter his whole life? Did he go to, uh, you know, a fine art school? Was he someone? I don't know. I haven't heard that. I haven't seen images of him painting. I've just seen pictures of, of the paintings. I've seen the paintings. Someone has taken photographs of the paintings, and then people have paid millions of dollars for them. Isn't it convenient that that's 
Hunter Biden became good at artwork, good at painting right when he could do this. And there's no criticism. There's no sustained sense of, wait a second, wait a second. That's like, uh, you know, you're paying Hunter Biden for something. And again, back to the point, we can't prove yet, maybe never, that Joe Biden modified his behavior in favor of his son's uh, clients. But we can clearly find now that there were people paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars and Joe Biden was acting in the area. Uh, Ukraine is the most obvious example. And now that he's president, you just wonder. So back to my point, what you need to know. My takeaway on this is that it's not just in politics or in media that my new mantra works so well. Because the new mantra for the modern era is distrust and verify. Playing off the old Reagan saying, of course. But my point here is the starting point is you have to distrust everything you're told. And then you have to take the second step. Let me be clear. If you simply distrust what's happening around you, science, medicine, media, government, the law, if you simply distrust it, you, you, you will end up you know, driven crazy by it. So you have to take the two parts, distrust and verify. So you start from, I don't believe what's going on, therefore I must verify it. And to get verification, what do you need? Well, you need sometimes transparency, sometimes you need accountability, sometimes you need just explanation, sometimes you need contrast. Sometimes it's simple enough to say, I don't believe what you're telling me, tell me what the other factors, remember I mentioned earlier in this, around it, what are the other facts and arguments around it? And then when I contrast it, I can say, okay, I see it. I see that what you're telling me has a higher chance of being correct. But the starting point is I cannot take for granted your authority on this. It's, it's a big flip. But what I want to say again, I want to make sure you hear me. What you need to know is it's a two-step process. It's a two-step process. The starting point is distrusting. Even when you're persuaded, even when you want to believe it, start from the, start from the point that you're distrusting what you're being told, fed, uh, you know, uh, uh, offered, etc. But very importantly, there is a second step, and that's verify. Don't give up. Don't give up. Find the ways and the paths to be able to function and to have hope and to expect for the future. Because what it says is distrust, yeah, but verify. Not, you know, never find out, go to bed, never get out of bed. Verify. And if you do that, you're going to be more likely to get to the point of making smart decisions with an understanding of what's happening. All right, that's what you need to know today. Hey, we'll be right back. We've got uh, Benzman and uh, Dr. Wolfram from Hillsdale. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A very interesting and interested uh, for me to speak to our next guest, uh, Dr. Gary Wolfram. He's the Dr. Gary Wolfram is at Hillsdale College. He's the William Simon Professor of Economics and Public Policy. He's also the Director of, of Economics and uh, Professor of uh, Political Economy. He has written a book, a, a Capitalist Manifesto. That sounds like a, a, a worthy antidote for the moment. So, uh, so Dr. Wolfram, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks for having me. So, um, uh, by the way, hillsdale.edu is a website for folks that are listening. Um, uh, Dr. Wolfram, first thing, I think I read that you were, you've were you been teaching at Hillsdale since maybe the late 80s. Is that right? Did I get my memory yeah, survey? I, I, I did get here in January of 1989. 
So Hillsdale University, Hillsdale College has received a ton of attention, I think, in uh, deserving and positive in about the last 20 years. Uh, but in then the last, your experiences in the last almost 35 years teaching students, what's changed most dramatically? And by that, I mean, even the good kids coming from good schools and coming from families that care about education doesn't have to be, uh, you know, doesn't have to be the nuclear family. It, life has just changed a lot. How how is education? Well, what's your observations? That's a that's a really interesting uh, breadth of time from the late 80s all the way down to today. All the technology changes, all of the influence of the left. I don't, what are your observations of higher education and, and students and all? Well, interesting about Hillsdale is that it has um, gone to where it's one of the basically elite uh, colleges in the country. Um, uh, to get into Hillsdale College now, you have to be at least in the top 10 percent of your uh, high school class and you have to be in the top 10 percent of the on the ACT test. Um, and so the 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 skill of the students has has increased dramatically over time. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, the, also lots of people know about Hillsdale College now. Uh, the the Imprimus, which is the monthly newsletter, and by the way, people, if they want to get on uh, Hillsdale's website, I, I believe there's a place to sign up for Imprimus. Um, and anyway, it's a monthly newsletter that comes out that is really a, a, a speech uh, or that someone has given around the country uh, at a Hillsdale College event that uh, goes out to over six and a half million people now. Mm. Um, so every month, six and a half million people get the imprimus. Uh, so the knowledge of Hillsdale is much, uh, much broader than it was when I first got here. Uh, and the, and the students uh, have always been good students, but uh, the students that we get today are, uh, are are quite good, uh, and it's interesting that when you come to Hillsdale, you you sort of know what Hillsdale is about. You you know Hillsdale mm-hmm. about Hillsdale is about uh, limited government, individual liberty, uh, markets as a mechanism for allocating resources, uh, and and people come here because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you've been following, but our charter school program yes, has of course. expanded enormously. Yeah. Uh, the Barney Charter School uh, Initiative uh, was not around at all uh, when I got here in 89. Uh, and now uh, it's it's really expanded. And we're, we have uh, Barney Charter Schools all over the country. And we also have a... Uh, a um, a curriculum uh, that you can get uh, that's being developed. Actually, one of my former students, who's now a professor here, um, uh, has developed a uh, a high school curriculum uh, in economics that uh, high schools can have access to. Uh, we're, again, we're talking uh, with uh, Dr. Gary Wolfram, and he is uh, the uh, Simon Professor at Hillsdale College. And um, so, uh, I, there were so many things I want to jump in. I will put a link up to Imprimus because it is extraordinarily valuable. It's very, very well done. How they uh, pick the, the talks and how they create them. I think this month or last month it was a speech by Bishop uh, Barron, uh, a commencement yes. addri- a commencement address that I, I, I got. Oh, not only did I get it. At my home, and I read it, and I thought, "Oh, so this is—he's a, a thoughtful, very uh, interesting leader." But then my mother-in-law, when I went to visit my in-laws, she handed it to me and said, "Have you read this?" And I said, "Okay, well, he's made the—he's made the mother-in-law test, so this is pretty good. This is important stuff." <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, uh, Doctor Wolfram, a different part of that same question: 
you've written a book called a capitalist manifesto and i know hillsdale university hillsdale college i keep trying to do that hillsdale college it, it does self-select kids and, and young people who who either they or their families i think want them to be in a place where the the values are a little different than the, than the regular uh uh you know academia I'm, I'm understating that obviously but but yeah and yet we're living in a world we're awash in a world where uh people don't even know that the word socialist is a problem they think it's kind of of a, a a bit of a debate on how much you get and who gets it. I mean, how how um how troubled are you about the societal trends? It may be true that Hillsdale College and I I will say Hillsdale's program in D.C. is very very effective at, at helping to be a bulwark uh, for uh, people to understand how what our values are and all. But uh, what about the general culture? Well, it is disturbing that, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you see you see uh, surveys where, uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, millennials, et cetera, believe that socialism is a, is a good program when, in fact, they don't even really know what socialism is, to tell you the truth. Uh, right. And we don't in in the K-12 system, which, again, is one of the reasons that Hillsdale uh, began to get involved in the Barney Charter School initiative, uh, is that, uh, you know, children are not those high school students are really not taught how markets work uh and they uh are are taught that you know government should redistribute income uh and there's a a whole host of uh of places that that they're told that government needs to intervene uh in order to solve problems now this is not to say you know i'm what we would call a classical liberal following ludwig von mises's idea that he a great book 1927 uh liberalism by ludwig von mises m-i-s-e-s um that you know we're not anarchists uh but yeah you really have to understand the unintended consequences of government intervention and right. uh, that's that's a very important uh, issue that's not dealt with it's um uh, again dr gary wolfram is our guest he's the william simon professor of economics and public policy at hillsdale college uh are you optimistic when you see, I mean, when you look around again, your career now, uh, absent those uh, couple of years where you went out into quote the real world, has been at Hillsdale, and and you, and yet I'm sure you're you're dialoguing and you're working with colleagues at other universities. You're seeing the general deterioration, I think, of uh, academia in a broad sense. It's not fair to criticize the whole thing. There's incredibly bright people teaching different places, but but you're optimistic. I mean, when you see the hysteria generated by the media. Uh, are you optimistic uh, that we're on track? I I think we we have to win the battle of ideas, and I, and uh, you know if if this were you know a, a military uh, a military action, uh, we just have to say okay, we're just going to have to go out there and defeat the other the other folks. And right. uh, what we really have is a battle of ideas, and mm-hmm. the fact that. Um, that a your programs out here and that, uh, you know, as I said, the primus is going out to over six million people. I think there is really a fundamental desire, uh, by an, uh, people to really learn about how the economy works and, uh, and why markets are the most efficient way of, uh, of allocating resources. And that, you know, one of the, the obvious things to look at is that if you look at the uh, index of economic freedom, uh, right. you, and, and you'll find that, you know, look at the top, uh, 20% of, uh, of countries that are in the, uh, in index of economic freedom. You'll notice that that's where you want to be poor. 
right? Right, uh, right. You don't want to be, you know, you'd rather be poor in Canada or our Switzerland or the United States than be be the poorest person in, uh, you know, Democratic Republic of Congo or in Haiti. Right. Uh, and I so I use that in my opening parts of my uh, my classes here uh, is to say, uh, you know, let's let's just make that experiment. Uh, uh, I'm I'm God and and uh, you're about to be born somewhere, and I and and um, I can uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to send you to where uh, ever you want to go, but you have you're going to be the poorest person there. Mm-hmm. And right away, people go, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to be poor in all these other socialist systems." Right, so right. Why would you think that socialism is going to be good for the poor? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm hoping to write a book called is capitalism good for the poor i've sort of been (laughs) butting around with that i haven't got it but but i'm working on it a little bit right right well dr wolfram unfortunately we are out of time i have to run uh we shall we'll have you back though that's uh uh fascinating and i'm I'm encouraged by uh your approach to these young people and uh, as the old late phyllis lafley used to say the the happy warrior mentality you're not dour you're not uh down so thank you we got to run though we'll take a break and we'll be right back everybody it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been too long. It's been like, I don't know, five, six days since we heard from our old friend Todd Benzman. Go to toddbenzman.com, toddbenzman.com, and uh, check out all of his uh, two. Well, his two recent books are what I always tell people to look at, and the most recent is called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. The other one, though, that's really good is America's Covert Border War, uh, both toddbenzman.com. Go there. But we were exchanging emails in the last uh, 24 hours. He's got a piece out that he's talking about and the headline recent border sex trafficking cases under Biden DOJ should challenge the sound of freedom skeptics. Welcome back, Todd Benzman. Let me ask you, at this point, are there really people who try to stay skeptical on what's going across the border? I mean, is that is is that a thing? It's a concerted campaign, believe it or not. Wow. To, oh, yeah, absolutely concerted. I think the latest. uh sort of uh, offensive uh, is some kind of a campaign to claim one of the, one of the backers of the movie uh, like is in somehow involved in uh, sex trafficking. Uh, But, you know, it's just complete, uh, completely bogus. But the point is, is that they're just doing everything they can to, to discredit the film, to push viewers and potential viewers away from it to uh the 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 uh pundits and punditry class uh saying it's a QAnon movie don't right. don't see it uh they're saying that you know it's it's just a hard right christian uh movie that uh you know exaggerates the problem uh i mean it's really it's 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 concerted it's widespread it's pervasive hmm. it's everywhere uh, we're talking with Todd, uh, and, Todd, and, Todd Benzman, by the way, Todd, I meant to say Center for Immigration Studies is a P. This is published over there. CIS.org. I love those guys. That's where uh, Todd is the senior national security fellow. And I just I n- never want to uh, uh, forget to mention them because it's a great center that does a lot, including uh, keeping you uh, employed and doing great work. Uh, but but so but tell me about these cases then. So so if, if somebody's saying it's not real and, and which is insane, um, but because all I have to do is say who's coming across the border and, and tell me the demographic. 
trafficks and, and you, young people, boys and girls, tragically. I mean, it's not just girls that are trafficked. And then lots of young young women and lots of illegal activity. Uh, it, you know, it's not like, oh, well, we deal drugs. We're breaking the laws of drugs, but we won't break the laws of, of sex trafficking where there's money and illegality. There's going to be more. So tell us about these cases that have uh, the Biden administration has had to bring across in these operations that they've been doing. Right. Well, I just thought that given the this campaign to downplay the 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 issue uh, that it would be worthwhile bringing to bear to the forefront a couple of very recent now current cases of sex trafficking that are just horrendous. Uh, and these are are being prosecuted by the Biden Department of Justice. So if you don't want to believe uh, a Hollywood movie maker or somebody who's uh, kind of maybe a weird actor as though that's some kind of a new thing in this country, weird actors. Right. Um, then, you know, certainly you can believe, you know, the Biden Department of Justice. One of the cases involves uh, a mother son pair in Mission, Texas, uh, who for 20 years have been bringing young girls over the border and gang pressing them into sexual slavery. In Mission, Texas, which is a small town in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, you would think that uh, probably everybody in this area has long known about this. I don't know how you could keep a secret like that in a small town, but they did for 20 years. And they would just uh, bring the uh, girls and young women, uh, have them smuggled over the border on you know, the pretense that they were going to work in her bar. She had a, uh, a kind of a beer joint down there uh, and that they would make some money. And uh, but they were immediately put to work as prostitutes. Uh, they would beat them every day. Uh, some of the young women had children. They would take the children away and say, you, you can only see them if you earn access to children. Uh, the, the, the son would, uh, quote unquote, kind of break them in as soon as they, uh, got there, basically would rape the, the girls. This went on for years and years, all the way up to 2022. And they finally busted these two. And now they have pleaded guilty just a few weeks ago. I mean, these are current now cases, uh, just horrific. And my, the, the, the piece that I wrote goes into a lot of detail, uh, taken from the, court records from the files on this case, which I should mention have gotten almost no media attention at all. I mean, I can't really find anything other than a couple of local stories. Uh, and those were really brief based on um, DOJ press release. Uh, they are the, not that they're the, they're the DOJ is not hiding these. And the other one, the other case that I decided to just focus in on is, you know, these Cubans, brought in Cuban immigrants who came over the border themselves mm -hmm. uh, who were pimps, who were pimps in, in Cuba. That's what their job was there. And they crossed the Southern border at Laredo claimed asylum. And they brought a couple of their prostitutes with them uh, and went to put them to work in Houston strip clubs all over Houston. And then once they started making money, they began bringing in more Cuban girls uh, some of them underage, some of them just young women, and and they held them in in as prisoners and forced them to work all over Houston in these strip clubs, uh, beating them, taking all their money, uh, you know, on grounds that you owe us for your smuggling fees. 
they said the smuggling fees would be about seven or eight thousand dollars. And then once they crossed in, it suddenly became thirty thousand dollars. Uh, you know, unexpected costs. You're going to have to work this off. And of course, you know, they never really work off the debt. You know, the debt just keeps, you know, building and growing. Uh, and this just, uh, this case, they finally just busted these guys. Uh, we're, 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 we're talking, we're talking with Todd Benzman, a national security fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies. ToddBenzman.com. You can check out his, uh, books there and also CIS.org where his writings are. Um, Todd, uh, I, I want to pause and I, I like about two and a half, three minutes left and, and ask you, Again, you you worked in public safety yourself for a period in your career, but you have largely been an investigative uh, journalist. You've been a guy that goes to see what the facts really are in places. You've been down to the border, traveled in Latin America, all that. Um, but but by definition, you are a communicator. You you have to go and see and then say, hey, these facts, you know, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And you're describing things and you're a communicator. When you see the, in this case, the 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 brainwashing that's going on where people are just saying, oh, that, the, you know, that the border thing, it's not about sex trafficking because I, I guess they don't want to have that be on Biden's watch or or is it I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist myself. Is it is it that we've gone so depraved that people don't want to stop this stuff? I mean, what is, what's happening here that this isn't I mean, I, I would have expected a telethon. You know, with the with the women uh, actresses saying, "Look what they're doing to my sisters," you know, and they're and the, and it's just silence. It's insanity. It's it's political because sex trafficking. Both of these cases have to do with the border. The women were brought in over an unsecured border, right? And the Biden administration has withdrawn itself from enforcing all U.S. immigration laws. And they have created an open border. And right. when the, 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 the more people that are crossing the border, the more, uh, sex trafficked victims you'll see. It's mm. just, that's just the way it is. The more, and I point this out in my piece, the more restricted and secure the border is, the fewer, uh, people, women will be sex trafficked over the border. And it's just that simple. And so if you, if you are a liberal and you, have to acknowledge that this horrendous crime, this is one of the worst possible kinds of cr- crimes that can, that's associated with an open border. If you acknowledge that, then you have to then criticize the Biden government for opening the border and they won't go there. They would much it's, rather it's, yeah, it's, see it's, women, yeah. women abused and sex trafficked than hurts Joe Biden's yeah. political prospects. It's a stunning thing to see. I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. I know, Todd, you t- you've taught me and my listeners this, but I, it just is stunning to see. All right, I'm, unfortunately, I'm out of time. We'll have him back soon. Everybody knows that. Todd Benzman, everybody. CIS.org is where this piece is posted. I'll put a link to it on social media. His book, Overrun, is must-read for this moment in history. Thank you, Todd. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Texas Governor Greg Abbott vetoed more than 75 bills before this year's deadline, mostly bills sponsored by conservative Texas state senators. Never before in the 178-year history of Texas has its governor vetoed so many bills passed by his own party. Texas Republicans would override most of these vetoes if they could, 
but the legislature was required by the state constitution to adjourn in May until 2025. Tens of thousands of hours of work that went into all of these bills were washed away by Abbott's retaliatory strike against conservatives. One of the bills that Governor Abbott vetoed was SB 335, authored by conservative state senator Dr. Charles Schwartner. It passed the state Senate by a unanimous vote of 31 to 0 and passed the state house by an overwhelming 119 to 19. This bill sought to require the Texas Family and Protective Services Council, which makes recommendations to the notorious Department of Family and Protective Services, to post online videos of its meetings so that the public can see what they're doing at taxpayer expense. Yet Abbott vetoed this with a petulant message about an unrelated issue. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick pointed out that Abbott vetoed some bills as retaliation against conservative Texas Senator Paul Bettencourt, who has been the leader in the effort to stop rampant election fraud in Harris County, which surrounds Houston. Lieutenant Governor Patrick explained, This is targeting veto of bills that have nothing to do with the issue at hand, except Paul Bettencourt is the author of those bills. Patrick's statement is motivated by the fact that Governor Abbott has hurt the Republican Party in Texas with his dictator-like vetoes of so many good bills and based merely on who sponsored the bills. The definition of a rhino, or Republican in name only, is someone who claims to be a Republican but only votes in line with Republican values when it's beneficial to them. Governor Greg Abbott is a case study in being a rhino. And the Texans who voted for him should treat him as such. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Our mission, clearly stated at phyllisschlafly.com, is to enable and mobilize grassroots activism on behalf of cherished conservative values. You're encouraged today to go online and read the goals we support and those we oppose. Then join us. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, uh, finishing up uh, today, I want to do another tour, uh, tour of Politico. Politico.com, a website you should read so you know what the other side is thinking to get a sense of their um, uh, thought patterns, what they're believing, and also what they're trying to persuade uh, too many Americans to believe. So uh, go to Politico.com to do that. It's left. It's left-leaning, and you have to be careful. Don't get yourself uh, – uh, don't, don't, don't believe it. But it's helpful. And they have a magazine section. I don't know why they have a magazine section, because I'm not sure there really is a printed magazine, but maybe there is. And in there, they have lengthier pieces. And there's a piece in there on law and order. It's called law and order. And then it's an opinion piece. Here's the intelligence assessment of Donald Trump that the government can't write. And now we have a homeland security expert and educator. Oh, expert and educator. And you know, wow, this is great. And he goes into a lengthy description and he says the fo- the following kinds of things. Now, listen to this. This is in when you're in the silo this deep and you you have to hear how uh, wild this sounds. Donald J. Trump poses a significant threat to homeland security. Ooh, wow. And so while generally highly decentralized and fractured, violent extremist groups 
have begun to mesh over a unifying figure, Trump. What does that even mean? You know, I've heard the phrase being used, word salad. What does that mean? While generally highly decentralized and fractured, violent extremist groups have begun to mesh over a unifying figure. The The former president has become a focal point of domestic extremism. What does that even mean? And by not denouncing them, somehow he hasn't denounced them right. He hasn't denounced them correctly. It's wild. Uh, uh, The first words, the first sentence of this guy is federal intelligence and national security agencies are in universal agreement. Universal agreement that domestic extremism and terrorism is the leading threat to the U.S. homeland. Really? Really? Is that true? I don't even know how to. This is the the word salad of the word salad ever. And here's where you get to the money shot, as they say, to the to the to the the graph that pays halfway through this piece. He says, I saw the chaos of January 6th up close at the time. I was the head of the District of Columbia's Fusion Intelligence Center, one of over 80 fusion centers around the country. Okay. Do you know what this means? On January 6th, this guy was to blame. This guy, what what he's referring to is fusion centers that were set up in the last 25 years after 23 years after 9-11 heavily. And they were basically meant to have all the different law enforcement talk to each other. And when you're talking to each other, you're supposed to be saying, yeah, we heard this and this and this. We got a million people coming, this many people, this many. And the head of the District of Columbia's Fusion Intelligence Center would have been the guy who should have been in able to access all access all the intelligence, all of the situations, and be able to say, you know what? We got this problem, this problem, this problem. Don't get overrun. Don't get embattled. Don't get taken. It's, so this guy, his name is Donnell Harbin, who is no longer at the Fusion Center. Go figure. I don't know if he was fired or just decided to move on, but he's now lecturing us on how, on what, on what he sees as the biggest threat. Do you think it's in his interest to tell us that the biggest threat is somebody other than his mismanagement? He's got a lot vested in saying, oh, man, that January 6th was really bad and Trump's really bad. He's the one that messed it up. He's the one that couldn't control a crowd. And so instead, you know, instead of saying we had a crowd that got out of control, we had police and others that couldn't figure out how to manage it. You say, oh, insurrection. There's no evidence of insurrection. There's no evidence of insurrection. There's no evidence of treason. There's never no evidence of any of that stuff. There's no evidence at all like that, except hysteria offered by people like this. But how amazing is it? And this is very common that Politico is utilizing the expertise of a guy, in this case, Mr. Harvin, who is precisely the kind of guy that's self-interested. He's not an independent person offering a thought. And it's not just that he has a book that he did or something like that. You know, that's an, that's something you see a lot that somebody's writing a book and their book, uh, the thesis of their book is that their X or Y or Z is true. And therefore they write all about that. That's kind of understandable. I mean, it still ought to be more transparent, but this guy actually did not succeed in his job dramatically, probably the worst failure of law enforcement we've seen. In, in a very long time, it wasn't that there was a big, there's bigger crowds at other events. There's more a complexity, other events. This guy just mismanaged it.
or his team did, broadly speaking. And yet that's the kind of thing you do. Yeah. So this is a this is another part of I hate to get to do this to you because I really was wanting to talk about Politico and how crazy it is that they do this kind of stuff with a straight face. But this is another example of sort of the whitewashing of a story. You let somebody who made a mistake, who mismanaged it, tell a story in a way to transfer the blame and let him, in this case, be part of uh, uh, talking about what should be, what should be going forward. Sort of like that, you you know, you're the, you're able to see because you're an expert and therefore the solutions and the problem are all things that, that take you off the hook, that clear you of incompetence, at least, if not wrongdoing. Pretty amazing. Anyway, good piece to read and understand what they're trying to do uh, to us and with us. All right. Thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, Mason Mohan, associate producer, and, of course, Ryan Height, uh, who associates, produces, and gets a lot of this stuff together for me. Uh, he is awesome and a big help. So thank you all for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.